Hi, how are you? I'm good. Can I ask how you were? Yes. <laughs> well, we always need this like little thing at the beginning sound, you know, like real people. Little do everyone little know banter. that we're actually very complicated AIs. <laughs> we do have actual lives aside from yes. film reels. Yeah, I've been just chilling. I didn't go camping this weekend, but boy, did I sleep. <laughs> good for you. Um, As you deserve, I'm sure. It's well, it is well deserved, I must say. But what all did you do while you were camping? Was it just like living out in the woods? Of, that was just all you did? It was a lot of hanging out around the campfire. We did do a little hike, mm-hmm. which was lovely. Um, but feeling like hobbits, truly. Like some of the food that we cooked, Ooh. none of the creds go to me. It was all Molly and Shane. Mm hmm. And stuff. Um, but we had like sausages over oh. a campfire oh. and stews, a mushroom stew. Ooh. And then Shane made like a Korean style stew with like pork belly and oh, kimchi. Ooh, pork and belly. Oh, yes. It was like all in a giant cast iron pot over a fire. Oh, that sounds fancy. Yeah. Very fancy. Me, when I'm like camping, I'm like, okay, I brought graham crackers, Hershey bars, and marshmallows. (laughs) Maybe we'll do some hamburgers, some sandwiches. Oh, concept (laughs) idea. Uh, Hobbit Scouts. It's the Hobbits, but they're in like Boy Scout, like little uniforms, and they're just going out camping, and Sam's (laughs) crushing on Mr. Frodo, and... That also sounds just like a really cool idea, period. Like to have a type yeah. of scouts, but <gasps> I guess it's like mixed with Gandalf lighting, is kind of. It's it's the uh it's it's the uh I swear I saw like a camp AU where it's like Aragorn and Legolas <laughs> are camp counselors and like Oh yes, of course. Uh Aragorn does like the horseback riding stuff. Uh Legolas does archery, of course. Mm-hmm. Gimli, what does Gimli do? All I can see him doing is like axe throwing. Axe throwing. Or like the campground, like the groundskeeper. <laughs> Are you assigning him Hagrid? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Assigned Hagrid by at birth. Um, <laughs> no, I could, yeah, I could kind of see that stuff. Gosh, so I, then are the hobbits attending the camp or are they also I, I like the idea of the hobbits attending the camp. Mm. Uh, they're the they're the young campers. And the Sam camp, just keeps falling and getting injured. The camp uh the camp like the scoutmaster is Gandalf. Mm, but the okay. camp is actually owned by like wealthy businesswoman Galadriel who like pops in <laughs> every now and again in like her white pantsuit. Okay. And, like, checks in on stuff. <laughs> And there's the rival Ooh. camp across the lake run by Saruman. Yeah. Ah, there <laughs> we go. Gandalf I was about to say, we need the rival camp. A little rivalry going. Q. <laughs> uh, Catch. It, again, I'm going to say it now. If I could draw, it'd be over for everyone. I have so many great ideas, I just cannot draw. <laughs> I'm telling you. I'm ya. stick figures all day. I'm telling you. I gave Evelyn my, like, storyboard concept art for the little comic that they did yeah. for us. It was... I did the best I could, but it was tragic. I mean... <laughs> they understood I, the concept, but... I can storyboard, like, fuck in my mind. 
but yeah if i draw it out it will be like stick figures or oh. have you ever played like um uh like the telephone game where it's like someone yeah. has a sentence mm-hmm. and then you have to draw the what the sentence like is illustrations yeah and then the, someone has to make a statement off that i try to do my best but <laughs> that's all we ask of you paul yes i bought like i think a year ago yeah i bought some like I'm like I'm gonna I'm gonna try drawing. That'll be my thing to get into, and I started yeah, drawing, and I did a decent job of getting the head shapes down, uh-huh. and then any details were completely like absolute trash. And so I was like, you know what? No, let's focus. <laughs> Leave on it to other the professionals. I, let's focus things I can do, like audio editing and stuff like that. Mm, I can do that. There you go, artists, listeners. How does it feel to have so much power? Uh, and I. All of you who can do art, I bow before you. I give a just a deep, respectable dwarven bow that we see here <laughs> in Tolkien's The Hobbit, um, which we should get into to start talking the because Hobbit. we finally have something where the like you actually get dialogue in this, and like yeah. you get to actually get to see a how story. good of a writer Tolkien is. I'm actually reading my first Tolkien piece yes. ever. Yes. And it's The Hobbit. Oh. And Steph's been apparently listening to it. Yeah. I was like, that means you're going to listen to our podcast now, right? <laughs> they better. Fucking better. Better. We'll see. Uh, anyway, let's begin. Give then. us a countdown. Yes, the countdown as well. Okay, countdown. Three. Two, one. Hello, everyone, and welcome to season two season two of the silly marillion a long uh, an unexpected podcast i, hey, I think someone's already cute. got thing is i think someone's already got an unexpected uh, one sec i'm going okay. on spotify <laughs> looking for an unexpected scrap podcast. that scrap that uh, the silly marillion we can we can workshop it what is uh there is yeah there is a uh there is an unexpected podcast. The silly Merlion there and back again. Though I believe... Maybe we should collab with them. I mean, it looks like they're currently doing The Hobbit. <gasps> Besties. <laughs> but anyway. Uh, <laughs> yes! Welcome to... This is the second season of The Silly Merlion, where I, Paul, will not so much be simply telling a story to Tori as I will be simply adventuring along with her uh, akin to uh, perhaps Gandalf acting as a guide through this journey and Tori acting as our renowned Bilbo Baggins uh, local gay icon Um, (laughs) are you calling me a gay icon? thanks Paul I mean maybe (laughs) Book book club book club my first question for you before we yes. dive in. 
Mm-hmm. Um, what copy of The Hobbit do you have? What does it look like? How long have you had it? How frayed are the edges? Okay. Technically, my first copy of The oh, Hobbit... Paul's looking around for his numerous copies. Is I'll post a picture of this to be kind of a... These are my first my first Lord oh, of the Rings books. Those are well-loved. Yes. I got gone. them from my dad. He initially bought them. How old are you? Uh, oh, gosh. I or was how old was living... he? Were those his copies? They, they were his copies. I think he bought it for like a book club when he was younger. Oh, cute. Um, but like by younger, I mean like I was born. Okay. Uh, so I think he was in his mid-20s or so. Okay. How old was my father when I was born? Oh, I think he <laughs> was like twenty-seven or twenty-eight or something. But um, uh, yeah, uh, yeah, I, I he got these back when we were still living in Iowa, which was fucking ages ago. Um, and these editions, uh, I think I had a talk with Molly about this on Twitter, about like the pictures on these. Like that oh, is supposed I to be Frodo. Those. This little what? fucking accountant-looking motherfucker. <laughs> Frodo um, as an accountant. Yeah, he looks it, so young in that. Like a squirrel yeah, boy. Just, he does. Uh, the Gandalf looks all right, but Frodo, I feel. Does he like... have a bowl cut in that? Uh, no, he's got curly hair. Okay. He's got curly hair. Uh, but yeah. Uh, but the one I've I've retired that one. That is because if I like open it, it's apart. gonna yeah. So that's just. <laughs> It was literally my mom being like, oh, you have these other editions. You want me to just throw this away? I'm like, no, it's sentimental. Aww, cute. Uh, I'm going to keep it in my attic till it does like literally turn to dust. Um, but I'm currently using this one mm. uh, that has a little picture of Gandalf coming up to meet uh, Bilbo on his front stoop. Um, I've got whatever this one is. Just kidding, not whatever. I can actually read it. 75th anniversary edition. Now a nice. major motion picture. <laughs> well, there we go. Yeah, just good, good stuff. Good, good stuff. And I started writing notes as I read through, which killed my soul a little bit and made Steph scream. But I was like, this is, this is going to be the project book. It's important. This is These my annotated. Things. Maybe when we're famous, I will sell it on eBay. Oh, yes. Tori's Your first little notebook. edition. Mm-hmm. No, I feel like you need to keep that. That needs to be like a fucking keepsake. Depends on the eBay offer. I get. All right. Well, <laughs> hey, just don't turn down a million dollars. Am I right? <laughs> um, but yeah. So I suppose we should uh get down into this. Uh, first off, what are your reactions so far to this first oh, chapter? Many. First off, the first line is very mm-hmm. cute. In a hole in the ground, there lived a hobbit. In a hole in the ground. Um, <laughs> yeah, I I told you kind of in the last uh, mm-hmm. recording, I didn't really know much about hobbits. And it really launched into a lot of like hobbit background yeah. that I had never heard before. Like about the baggins and the tooks. Mm-hmm. Um, and how that came to be Bilbo and eventually... Frodo's like family line. I thought it was really cute how they called humans big yes, people. Yes, the big people. That was adorable. And you learn kind of in the later in books in Lord of the Rings, uh, there's a nearby town called Bree where humans and hobbits live side by side. 
and they refer to each other as the big people and the little people, and they have like this Aww. like amicable relationship with each other, racial harmony so and all cute. that. <laughs> um, but yeah, I particularly love uh, just kind of how almost uh, conversational uh, Tolkien's style of writing is. It is very much so. That took me by surprise. This is very much, it gives me the vibe of you are telling your kids a story. Especially when it gets mm -hmm. to this line right here. The mother of our particular hobbit. And then it does like a, a stop. It's like, what is a hobbit? I suppose hobbits need some description nowadays. Since they become rare yes. and shy of the big people as they call us. And it's... It's very much like a kid like interrupting their dad while he's telling a story. It's like, oh, what's yeah. a hobbit? Well, let me tell you. It's as I was yes. saying. As I... Oh, you are confused. Let me clarify. Yeah. I did notice that. Let me tell you about this made-up race I've created. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's 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 very much a storytelling. Uh, it's it's. I mean, it was intended as a children's book from the start. So it's yeah. It's very different in its structure than Lord of the Rings is. Lord of the Rings is much more kind of epic, mm. grandiose scale for kind of like older teens and adults who kind of understand these kind of things more. Uh, while yeah. The Hobbit's much more for kids, where everything's a lot more kind of simplistic. It's an adventure story, uh, and it very kind, of, it very much meshes in with the idea of fairy tales and so on. Mm -hmm. um, Speaking of fairies, that was a question mm -hmm. I had. I can't find the exact line, but when talking about the Tooks, it talked about how someone ran away with a fairy. Uh, they, uh, because Tooks are so adventurous, there is a rumor that uh, some somewhere along the line, a Took must have married a fair, like taken a fairy wife, and that's where they kind of get their now, oddness. Is that... That's not true. That okay. is. I was gonna say, is that just a cute little uh, rumor, or is there some yeah, lore? There's in no there actual somewhere? fairies in Lord of the Rings. I guess the closest thing to fairies would be elves, but. Okay, no fairies, but there are werewolves. Apparently, again, a lot of What's this, up with a that? lot of <laughs> this, you kind of have to take a grain of salt because it's Tolkien making this fantastical world that, like, he hadn't even yeah. thought of making Lord of the Rings at this point. So when he makes mentions of like werewolves yeah. in the last desert, well, where's the last desert? Well, it doesn't show up on any of the maps later on. What are werewolves? Well, he never gives us a description because we never go there. So it's just a little kind of world, yeah, it's building. world building of like, oh, this is a faraway place. And so like, you could even be said like, werewolves in the last desert are kind of just like a hobbit folktale or something. Just like kind of like... Mm. I immediately thought, oh, Dune. Dune, yes. <laughs> Dune exists in this world. Come read Lord of the Rings. <laughs> okay. Uh, now I'm thinking the fucking like Timothy Chalamet is Frodo Baggins. He actually gives Frodo vibes. He, it's the hair and how he can always yeah. kind of carry like this despondent look on himself. <laughs> yeah. He's a handsome lad with thick curly hair too. and he can mm -hmm. be like mm. Mm. oh i would love zendaya in in Ooh. the hobbit or in Z zendaya eowyn lord of the rings zendaya zendaya <laughs> zendaya <-win. laughs> 
Jason Momoa um, is Gandalf. <laughs> Just a ripped Gandalf fucking like choke slamming Saruman. He's not staff anymore. He's like, you pass. shall not pass. And, and he just, just like flexes his muscles. He the Balrog and just suplexes him. <laughs> uh, um, that's it. That's, we're just taking everything from fucking Dune and putting it in Lord of the Rings. Um, the AU you didn't ask for. Yes, the crossover. God, one sec. I'm looking up on Archive of Our Own if there is a fucking crossover <laughs> fic between Dune and Lord of the Rings. One moment. I love how humans are also large, stupid folk, like you and me. Oh, yeah. Like, Tolkien doesn't hold Greatly back. acknowledging that, yes. I am a human. Like humans, I am a large, humans. stupid folk. Well, this is a guy who lived through the fucking First World War, so his view on That's humans true. might be a bit... Uh, I mean, not wrong. We are yeah. stupid. I get it. <laughs> Continuing on Hobbit discussion, ah. I also learned that they comb... The hair on their toes. Yes, they do. They are neatly brushed. Very nice. It neatly brushed. Like one sec, babe. I gotta brush my fucking. Gotta brush my fucking feet. <laughs> um. Ah, oh, sadly, there is not a. Uh, there is n- not yet. Not yet. No. Dune just came out as a movie, so it may be introducing it to, to folks. True. I didn't really know about Dune. I haven't read any of the books. I think this is the last thing we need to do. Um, so, uh, but yes, uh, so. Those are my Hobbit, Hobbit thoughts. I have welcome some back other to Hobbit thoughts, thoughts with Tori. Hobbit, Hobbit thoughts. thoughts. <laughs> I have some thoughts about the visitors that soon yes. come. Um, uh, we'll kind of go through but, like the events of the chapter, I suppose. Uh, and we'll do our yeah, little reading I mean, as well. Do you want to do that next or at the end? Uh, we'll, we'll do it kind of as, uh. The story goes along, but uh, we are introduced to our main character, Bilbo Baggins, son of uh, Bungo Baggins and Bella and Belladonna Uh and essentially his dad, using his mom's money, kind of made this fancy house called Bag End for them them to live in. Uh, yeah. But they've now passed on, and Bilbo's inherited it, and he's I believe he's fifty at the start of the book. Uh, which is kind of more like 30 in Hobbit years. Because um, hmm. you're in your tweens until technically you're when you're 33, I believe. You, you come of age when you're 33. Yeah, so our, our story begins with kind of Bilbo going out uh, one day and to smoke a pipe. And, well, here's our little rendition of it. By some curious chance one morning, long ago in the quiet of the world, when there was less noise and more green, and hobbits were still numerous and prosperous, and Bilbo Baggins was standing at his door after breakfast, smoking an enormous long wooden pipe that reached nearly down to his woolly toes, neatly brushed, Gandalf came by. Gandalf. If you had heard only a quarter of what I had heard about him, and I have only heard very little of all there is to hear, you would be prepared for any sort of remarkable tale. Tales and adventures sprouted up all over the place, wherever he went, in the most extraordinary fashion. He had not been down that way, under the hill, for ages and ages, not since his friend the old Took died, in fact, and the hobbits had almost forgotten what he looked like. 
He had been away over the hill and across the water, on business of his own, since they were all small hobbit boys and hobbit girls. All that the unsuspecting Bilbo saw that morning was an old man with a staff. He had a tall pointed blue hat, a long gray cloak, a silver scarf over which his long white beard hung down below his waist, and immense black boots. "'Good morning,' said Bilbo, and he meant it. The sun was shining and the grass was very green. But Gandalf looked at him from under long, bushy eyebrows that stuck out further than the brim of his shady hat. "'What do you mean?' he said. "'Do you wish me a good morning, or mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not, or that you feel good this morning, or that it is a morning to be good on?' "'All of them at once,' said Bilbo. "'And a very fine morning for a pipe of tobacco out of doors, into the bargain. If you have a pipe about you, sit down and have a fill of mine. There's no hurry. We have all the day before us.' Then Bilbo sat down on a seat by his door, crossed his legs, and blew out a beautiful gray ring of smoke that sailed up into the air without breaking, and floated away over the hill. "'Very pretty,' said Gandalf. "'But I've no time to blow smoke rings this morning. I'm looking for someone to share in an adventure that I'm arranging, and it's very difficult to find anyone.' "'I should think so in these parts.' We are plain, quiet folk, and have no use for adventures. Nasty, disturbing, uncomfortable things make you late for dinner. I can't think what anybody sees in them, said our Mr. Baggins, and stuck one thumb behind his braces and blew out another, even bigger smoke ring. Then he took out his morning letters and began to read, pretending to take no more notice of the old man. He had decided that he was not quite his sort and wanted him to go away, but the old man did not move. He stood leaning on his stick and gazing at the hobbit without saying anything, till Bilbo got quite uncomfortable, and even a little cross. "'Good morning,' he said at last. "'We don't want any adventures here, thank you. You might try over the hill or across the water.' By this he meant that the conversation was at an end. "'What a lot of things you do use good morning for,' said Gandalf. "'Now you mean that you want to get rid of me, and that it won't be good till I move off.' Not at all, not at all, my dear sir. Let me see. I don't think I know your name. Yes, yes, my dear sir. And I do know your name, Mr. Bilbo Baggins. And you do know my name, though you don't remember that I belong to it. I am Gandalf. And Gandalf means me. To think that I should have lived to be good-morninged by Belladonna Took's son as if I was selling buttons at the door. Gandalf, Gandalf. "'Good gracious me! Not the wandering wizard that gave old Took a pair of magic diamond studs that fastened themselves and never came undone till ordered? Not the fellow who used to tell such wonderful tales at parties about dragons and goblins and giants and the rescue of princesses and the unexpected luck of widow's sons? Not the man that used to make such particularly excellent fireworks. I remember those. Old Took used to have them on Midsummer's Eve. Splendid!' They used to go up like great lilies and snapdragons and labyrinths of fire and hang in the twilight all evening. You will notice already that Mr. Baggins was not quite so prosy as he liked to believe. Also, he was very fond of flowers. Dear me, he went on, not the Gandalf who was responsible for so many quiet lads and lasses going off into the blue for mad adventures? Anything from climbing trees to visiting elves or sailing ships sailing to other shores? Bless me. Life used to be quite inter—I mean, you used to upset things badly in these parts once upon a time. I beg your pardon, but I had no idea you were still in business. Well, should I be, said the wizard. 
All the same, I am pleased to find you remember something about me. You seem to remember my fireworks kindly, at any rate, and that is not without hope. Indeed, for your old grandfather Took's sake, and for the sake of poor Belladonna, I will give you what you asked for. I beg your pardon, I haven't asked for anything. Yes, you have. Twice now. My pardon. I give it to you. In fact, I will go so far as to send you on this adventure. Very amusing for me, and very good for you. And profitable, too. Very likely, if you ever get over it. Sorry, I don't want any adventures, thank you. Not today. Good morning, but please come to tea. Anytime you like. Why not tomorrow? Come tomorrow. Goodbye. With that, the hobbit turned and scuttled inside his round green door, and shut it as quickly as he dared, not to seem rude. Wizards are, after all, wizards. What on earth did I ask him to tea for? He said to himself, as he went to the pantry. He had only just had breakfast, but he thought a cake or two and a drink of something would do him good after his fright. Gandalf, in the meantime, was still standing outside the door and laughing long and quietly. After a while, he stepped up, and with the spike in his staff, scratched a queer sign on the hobbit's beautiful green front door. Then he strode away just about the time when Bilbo was finishing his second cake, and beginning to think that he had escaped adventures very well. So Gandalf is very much a very, uh, okay, I love just kind of the witty banter between the two. Like the yes. the whole thing with good morning. And my favorite lines. There was a lot of dialogue about what is a good morning. And it makes you think. And I'm like, y'all just yeah, met? Yeah, it's just, <laughs> what do you mean? Do you wish me a good morning? Or mean that it is a good morning whether I want it or not? Or that you feel good this morning? Or that it is a morning to be good on? And Bilbo's like, all That's of them. That's too many questions that early. I would have walked yeah, away. It's, <laughs> it's, he's... This strange old man. It's immediately now that Tolkien's letting you know just how sassy Gandalf is. Mm-hmm. Uh, how he is not here to like, he does not suffer fools lightly um like, he does actually suffer fools lightly but he'll he'll fucking mock the hell out of you for it <laughs> yeah so that's kind of our introduction to gandalf uh and we kind of see our first hints of bilbo actually being interested uh in adventures because uh, yeah. as he's saying, like, oh, you're the Gandalf who made so many hobbit lads and lasses vanish off into the blue on, uh, like, crazy adventures. Bless me, life used to be quite inter... I mean, and it's like, he's just, he's almost about to say interesting, but he remembered he's a hobbit. Interest. <laughs> it's like, oh, Bilbo, are you going to leave? Are you going to leave your home? Yeah, are you? Are you? Huh? Are you? Huh? Which... I could, I'm starting to move on into the dwarves, mm-hmm. though. I have some thoughts there. But are there any more Gandalf thoughts you wanted to touch on? I thought their banter was super Yes. Cute. And I kind of... And I don't... I don't know too much about Bilbo, because he, like... He just disappears in the movies, literally. Well, he, he disappears. Um, so seeing and some of this personality... we meet him in Rivendell. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, this first interaction with kind of Gandalf and Bilbo does kind of set up, like, their repertoire with each other. Of how they're kind of mm-hmm. going to be. They're going to banter back and forth. Gandalf's kind of going to be kind of the more decisive one. While Bilbo's kind of going to dither a bit. Yeah. 
Um, Very much the homebody. He, it, uh, uh, going back to the description of just his house. Uh, okay, it's like, you're telling me he's not gay, where he has whole rooms devoted to clothes? Really? Yes. <laughs> if not, this is the fruitiest straight man I think I've ever seen. I also started a count of how many times queer is said, even though queer doesn't necessarily mean gay back yeah, in the day. Yeah, it's odd. Um, but the queer count of this chapter is at three. We are at three queers. Three queers. And I will be keeping track. Uh, but yes. Uh, and so... <laughs> Uh, he Bilbo in, foolishly, as we have seen, invites Gandalf to tea simply out of being polite, and then goes, "Fuck! Why did I invite him to tea? I shouldn't have done that." Can't take it back. But now. then he immediately forgets the next day, uh, which is when our dwarves show up, uh, bit by bit. Oh, my dwarves! Okay. Give me your thoughts. I was also very shocked at all of these dwarves because, in fellowship uh like lord of the rings series it's mostly gimli yep i don't even remember any other doors at least in the movie because i had not read yes. the books um and now you've given me 13 yes we've given you 13 and gimli's dad is among them <gasps> who's that uh you'll have to you'll have to see maybe later on when we As read lord of the rings books a snap Cute. you could guess but yeah but yes, uh, we meet the dwarves, and can you give me all the dwarves' names, Tori? Did you okay. write those down in the Pop notes? Pop quiz. Uh, Ori, Nori. Okay, that's two. Oil. <laughs> you know, I suck at names, yeah. and they all rhymed. Oh, oh, I had a star. Dori, Nori, Ori, Oin, Gloin. Mm-hmm. Um, wasn't there like a Kim Keely? Keely? Is that one of them? And Feely? Oh, that was off the top of my head. Quite proud of you. You're at 100% so far. You haven't missed one. (laughs) Now I'm skimming. I know Thorin for sure. He's uh, Thorin Oakenshield. Main. Main. The other ones I definitely forget, so I'm scanning. Let's see. Ballin? Dwalin. Dwalin. How many am I? Dwalin. Oh wait, here's more. Biffer, Bofer, Bomber. I believe that's all of them, because there's thirteen dwarves. <gasps> so yeah, there's Thorin, uh, Dwalin, Balin, Keely, Feely, Dory, Nori, Ori, Oin, Gloin, uh, Biffer, Buffer, and Bomber. Wow, that's like stating. Digits and pie. It is. It is. <laughs> it is a mouthful to remember. But I I remember simply because the way uh they say it in the animated movie that we should watch after we're done reading this. Oh. Uh, the way Gandalf introduces them, he makes sure each one rhymes with the other, and he kind of has like this rhythm mm. going mm-hmm. to it. So. Kind of like a. Super fragile. Yeah, super. Super califragilistic. Kind of. Except not. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But yes, one by one, uh, these dwarves show up, and Bilbo, being a good and generous host that he is, just lets lets them them in. in. No stranger danger or anything. The the things we do by caving to social pressure, okay? (laughs) If someone arrived at my house and acted like they expected 
I had invited them over, they, they, okay, no one gaslight me with this. Don't just show up at my house and say, hey, <laughs> we made it, we made a, 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 a deal that. Oops, you... accidentally tweeted your no, address. fuck. Bunch of people going to show up at your service. Ah, at your service. Also, just that confusion that he let them all in and didn't ask was just like, preparing for guests but didn't have any clarification on who or why they were here he just he really just takes them it's again i'm saying it's it's caving to social pressure that's what it is it's caving social (laughs) pressure it's doing anything you can to get out of an uncomfortable situation Without being blatantly like, no, who are you? What the fuck? <laughs> Get out of my house, which wouldn't be the Hobbit way. So. It, it, it would feel rude. Yeah. And but to have 13 dwarves. Yes. Props, Bilbo, props. But, uh, the dwarves all kind of assemble at Bilbo's house. Finally, Gandalf shows up with the rest of them. And they all have a, a big meal and talk and chat. Uh, the dwarves. It is very cool to hear about the meals and the food. Yes. And also the description of all of these dwarves. We're going to have to look up some art now of all of them. Uh, yeah. Oh, I can't wait till you. I say the one, like one of the things that the Hobbit movies, the the Peter Jackson ones did, is they eat, made each dwarf very distinct. And I mm. really enjoy that because I really do enjoy them as characters. Um Yeah. Yeah, so they all gather. Uh, they all have instruments with themselves with them, and they all play yes, music. I wrote down the Hobbit, the musical. Yes, because they just launch into song. Oh, uh, yeah, and uh, you said you wanted to sing this with me. Oh yeah, let's take every other line. You have to uh, each give stanza me the tune, or no each, each line. line. So like you do the first line, I do the second line. All right. Uh... Let's see how it goes. Chip the glasses and crack the plates. Blunt the knives and bend the forks. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. Smash the bottles and burn the corks. Cut the cloth and tread on the fat. Pour the milk on the pantry floor. Leave the bones on the bedroom mat. Splash the wine on every door. Dump the crocks in a boiling bowl. Pound them up with a thumping pole. And when you're finished, if they any are whole. Send them down the... Hall to roll. That's what Bilbo Baggins hates. So carefully, carefully with the plates. Amazing. And they're doing this all as they're like torturing Bilbo (laughs) by like pretending to like drop things. I could feel his stress. Yeah, but they then they don't actually break anything, and then they they're just kind of like they help put things away, which they should because they didn't help bring any of them out. (laughs) Yeah, let's be fair. They ate all Bilbo's food just nonchalantly. They fucking empty him out. Um, oh, I wrote a little note in here mm-hmm. uh, that they were just all band kids. Yeah, they're all band kids. Uh, they all mm-hmm. have their assigned instruments. They all had instruments. Uh, Very and like, cute. And like people are like, oh, some of them are like, oh shit, we left ours out on the porch one second. They're like, they go get their fucking stuff. Uh, like Bambur has a drum. Dory, Nori, and Ori have flutes. Keely and Feely have little fiddles that they play. Do they do this song in the movie? 
Uh, they do. Ele- so they do the chip the glasses and crack the plate song while they're cleaning up, but they don't have mm. any instruments. Mm-hmm. And then they do kind of like an acapella rendition of the uh, far over the mi- misty mountains cold misty song. Mountains. Okay. Uh, it's again. I'm actually. I can't wait to watch these movies with you because I enjoy. I I enjoy elements of them. Uh. I will just constantly say that the Hobbit movies had such potential and quite a bit mm. of it was wasted. Mm. Uh, but the first Hobbit movies, actually, I, I enjoy quite a bit. Uh, how much after did the Hobbit movie come out? Um, after The first Hobbit the movie, I think, came out. When did the first Hobbit movie? Then they have to make, like, Orlando Bloom. They had to make him look younger. <laughs> Uh, An Unexpected Journey journey came out in 2012. So this was about, yeah, it was about 10 years after the original movies. Um, Mm. And then Desolation of Smog, 2013. Battle of Five Armies, 2014. Uh, These were actually like my high school movies to go see with friends. Like we'd go to the theaters specifically to see like this premiere when it came out in like Mm. December. So that was just a very, uh, it, it has a special warm place in my heart. But anyway, back to the books. Oh, those are fun. Um, so. I have a little part I notated. Yes? Uh, here, let me, let me read this line. Ooh. It was a beautiful golden harp, and when Thorin struck it, the music began all at once, so sudden and sweet that Bilbo forgot everything else and was swept away into dark lands under strange moons far over the water and very far from his hobbit hole under the hill. I notated that and mm-hmm. was like, okay, I see the ship. Yes. Which is, um, I, I didn't even look it up if this was a ship, but is it Bilbo and Thorin? It, especially with the movies, because they, mm. uh, like, they, they form, like, a friendship bond by the end of this. Um... But, like, in the movies themselves, Thorin is much younger looking. Like, in this, he's described as, like, with a gray beard and kind of old. Yeah. Uh, he's the, like, they describe him as, like, the oldest of the dwarves in the book. But in the movies, Balin, I believe, is the oldest of the dwarves. Mm. And Thorin is, like, the leader, but he's not the oldest. It seems so sweet, that line. It does. That, like, he began, like, playing this gorgeous harp. Like, yeah, an instrument I would not imagine. Harp, yeah a dwarfly plague and like Bilbo is just like taken away and like he was all stressed from all these guests and suddenly is just like swept by it is something that you realize that in Lord of the Rings the movies they kind of dumb down Gimli a bit they make him Mm. the uh, comedic effect and they make it so he's like chugging beer and it's going down his beard and he's kind of like filthy and he's kind of like this kind of wild man kind of look in reality dwarves are like very cultured they have their own kind of ways about them um yeah and like which is cool to see yeah it's cool to see but uh specifically with that song it's also it it just hearing songs of like adventure and treasure mm-hmm. is enough to kind of activate that Took side of Bilbo, where all of a I sudden he's not just thinking about his everyday life, the little things that he has on the hill. He's thinking of faraway places that he's never seen before. Mm-hmm. He's looking beyond the horizon for the first time, really. And so 
Uh, Side note, because I'm feeling like Bilbo right now. Mm-hmm. Have you heard the song Barcelona by Ed Sheeran? I have not. It's one of my favorite of his songs. It just talks about Barcelona and all the things he could do, and it's like super happy and just makes it sound amazing. And now you want to go to um, Barcelona? We went to Barcelona oh, just because of that song. Oh, just because of yeah, that song? Steph and I. I was like, here's the things I want to do. Everything Ed Sheeran said in his song. Um, so I get it, Bilbo. I get it. Honestly... I think I think having you as like the Bilbo of this season and then the Frodo of next season mm. it'll be a really interesting little <laughs> dynamic to do. Uh but yeah, then we get uh the whole far over the misty mountains cold song. Yeah. Uh, where the dwarves kind of just describe their ancient home of the lonely mountain Erebor uh, where they were great kings with beautiful gems that they would work together and uh, like all these like different uh, let me just say um, on silver necklaces they strung the flowering stars on crowns they hung the dragon fire and twisted wire they mesh the light of moon and sun and it's just that talks about all the wonders they crafted and then slowly kind of descends into the element of the song where they kind of reveal that all of this was taken away when a dragon named smaug descended on the mountain and slew many of the dwarves and drove them away i feel like the stress coming back up from the silmarillion (laughs) yeah with dragons yeah Fun fact, uh, Smaug is kind of like the last great dragon. So by now, most of the dragons have died. Dragons were very much like a first age thing. Mm -hmm. And maybe a bit in the second age. But now it's the third age, and dragons are waning. And I think Smaug is considered the last great dragon. Where there are still some dragons out there, but not as great as Smaug the Golden. But I want to cover this one line. uh, Mm -hmm. Where it goes... Uh, as Bilbo's listening to the song, it says, Then something Tukish woke up inside him, and he wished to go and see the great mountains, and hear the pine trees and the waterfalls, and explore the caves, and wear a sword instead of a walking stick. He looked out of the window. The stars were out in a dark sky above the trees. He thought of the jewels of the dwarves shining in dark caverns. Suddenly, in the wood beyond the water, a flame leapt up, probably somebody lighting a wood fire. And he thought of plundering dragons, settling on his quiet hill, and kindling it all to flames. He shuddered, and very quickly he was playing Mr. Baggins of Bag End under hill again. And it it's just this idea of him looking out the window as he's hearing the song and having something stir in him. Yeah. And then kind of being quickly like being like oh, oh fuck uh, this is reality. dangerous too <laughs> uh but after they kind of sing their song gandalf reveals why he's brought these dwarves uh finally after all of that and bilbo still doesn't know what's going on <laughs> where uh uh gandalf says oh you guys need to be sneaky you can't just go straight against smaug that's why you need to hire a burglar. And also, you guys are 13, which is a very unlucky number. So we need to get someone else to make it 14. Um, important. It's, it's very important that we do this. 
uh, and he has kind of sold the dwarves on this idea as, of Bilbo being a burglar. And, of course, the dwarves are very kind of doubtful. Yeah, I was too. But, uh, he doesn't seem like a burglar. I, I believe they, like dis- a like, they describe him more as like a grocer more than a burglar. Uh, yeah. But yeah, specifically, Gandalf has chosen Bilbo as kind of this burglar. Yeah, interesting choice of words. <laughs> it's like, poor Bilbo couldn't bear it any longer. At May Never Return, he began to feel a shriek coming up inside, and very soon it burst out like the whistle of an engine coming out of a tunnel. <laughs> All the dwarves sprang up, knocking over the table. Gandalf struck a blue light on the end of his magic staff, and in its firework glare, the poor little hobbit could be seen kneeling on the hearth rug, shaking like a jelly that was melting. Then he fell flat on the floor and kept calling out, Struck by lightning! Struck by lightning! Over and over again. And that was all they could get out of him for a long time. Poor Bilbo. Poor Bilbo. It was a lot to take in. It was a lot to happen where it's like, may never return. And then Bilbo goes, ah! And then like, it scares the dwarves and like they knock over the table. The lights go out. Gandalf like slams his staff on the floor. Or... And they're like, there's this flash, bright flash of magical light. And then Bilbo's like, oh shit, I've been struck by lightning. Fuck. And now he's dead. And now... Didn't even get to start the journey. Yeah, honestly. Uh, but, um, yeah, and so, but Bilbo is kind of settled down, and Gandalf kind of gives him, like, this pep talk. Uh, and we also find out that Bilbo's ancestor invented the game of golf. Um, yeah, I saw that. Golf and ball. Yeah. Which, uh, which I've played. Yes, you played golf? Yes. I've only no, played it on the Wii. And specifically mini. Golf Fimble at Bilbo's birthday party. Oh, right. We did play that. Yes. Yeah. Ah, uh, yes. Uh, I came close. I As almost won. I almost <laughs> won that, uh, like, Burger King chalice from, like, the early 2000s that had the fucking old Lord of the Rings stuff um, on it. Oh, that was almost mine. So damned close. Um, next time, next time. Next time. But, um, yeah, we get... Uh, that kind of little pep talk. And then Thorne gives a more in-depth telling of what all has happened and that they intend now to return to the Lonely Mountain and get their gold back and kill the dragon. And for that, they need Bilbo. So Uh, it's almost kind of like a get back, get back what is ours. Yeah. One thing that I think is... They do a great job of describing the ultra wealthy when they describe Smaug. Uh, mm. Dragons steal gold and jewels, you know, from men and elves and dwarves wherever they can find them, and they guard their plunder as long as they live and never enjoy a brass ring of it. Indeed, they hardly know a good bit of work from bad, though they usually have a good notion of the current market value, and they can't make a thing for themselves, not even mend a little loose scale of their armor. And yeah, so it's like. Yeah, they just have it, and then they, they just, just have it to want it. it. And like, yeah. if someone takes like a little, like they count it each time, and they know the market value. And I think that's you know, just, you know I, what this sounds like to me. What? Sorry, I'm about to ruin it. NFTs. <laughs> no, but like this is tangible stuff. You can I like know. these are actual. But it's like a bunch of people sitting on a bunch of stuff that costs money and not doing anything with it, just like. Well, I think of it more just as, like, the ultra-wealthy in general, where they have all this money, 
but they're not really doing anything mm-hmm. with it. They're just having it to have it. And so that and kind of gives... specifically made the point, like, they know how much it's worth. Mm-hmm. And then we also kind of get the story of what happened after Smaug, where Thorin's grandfather tried to go into Moria, but was killed yeah. by this orc named Azog. Um, and then his father, Thrain, went missing. Yeah, and escaped with someone else, right? Two of them escaped? Uh, no, I don't believe Thrain escaped. He was in the dungeons of the Necromancer where Gandalf found him. Uh, oh, yes. Fun fact, the Necromancer is what Sauron is going by right now in his oh. weakened state because he's missing his ring. And he's only now just starting mm. to build up strength. So he's kind of... Because he's missing his what? His ring. His ring? Yeah. That seems important. It does seem important. <laughs> um, and Is it then, a cinnamon-flavored ring pop? His cinnamon-flavored fa- ring pop. Yes. <laughs> Goodness. Um, but uh, from Thrain, uh, Gandalf got this special little map. That kind of points out a secret entrance that they can use. And uh, from there, they can then sneak in <clears throat> to the mountain and try to kill the dragon. They don't know how. Uh, it's very much, we'll figure it out when we get there kind of mentality with these dwarves. Uh, but, Speaking uh, of that map, I liked how... It gave it to you, at least in mine, it gave it to me on, like, the first... Yes, uh, you get the uh, the first page. Uh, and then the he, map, like, and references then, it. And then you get a map of Wilderland as well uh, behind that. And so, yeah. like, this is, like, the first kind of Tolkien map people would be exposed to, usually. Where and it's it was like... just this one corner of the world. Yeah. I liked how it was, like, it's not just a map of the land. It's like the map that they are looking at. It was like, yes. you'll notice this hand and these runes on the left. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, wait, I'm looking at the same map they are. Yeah. It was cool. And that's a fun little, it's almost like a D&D element where it's like, yeah. oh, here's the map that the party uses. And... Yeah. Which I hadn't really seen that before in a book. Like, usually it's just a general map. Mm-hmm. Um, just to give you an idea of the layout, yes. which I never really paid attention to. Yeah, Tolkien uh, actually did drawings. Like he liked to draw things, uh, like those maps he drew himself. Yeah, uh, his cute little dragon. Yeah, and his, he loved drawing those little like spaghetti dragons, where they're just like little noodle guys. Um, <laughs> little noodle guys. Little noodle guys. Uh, yeah, they don't look so threatening right now. They just no, look they're cute. very cute. <laughs> But then uh, Thorin's like, yeah, uh, well, you're going. Uh, I want this for breakfast. Good night. And then they all turn (laughs) in. And Bilbo kind of goes to bed with the Tukishness wearing off. But he does overhear Thorin still kind of humming to himself uh, the song. And he falls asleep with that in his mind. And that's chapter one. that's chapter one, an unexpected party. I very much loved the tone of, like... Yeah, like you said, how it's being told. I wasn't expecting it. Yeah. Probably just because after, like, we just did the Silmarillion, where it's very textbook. Mm-hmm. But it was very storytelly, very cute, and it took a lot for me to be like, no, don't read chapter two yet. 
Stop, Tori. <laughs> but yeah, that that was Yee. our first chapter. This is our first step into Tolkien's The Hobbit. Uh, do you just want to do like one chapter per episode? Because I believe Roast our... Mutton is kind of a short epi- a short chapter by comparison. Yeah, depending on how long the chapters are and how much happened in each chapter. That one was like so introductory. I felt like it was like a lot of info to. It, it is actually one of the longer like, chapters into. in this book. We could go two. Uh, yeah, let's do two next time. Roast button and then a short rest because a short rest, I believe, is it's actually short. quite short. It's like three pages. I just passed it. Yeah. <laughs> so your assignment, those of you who are keeping up with us, are to read chapters two and three for next time. Roast mutton and a short rest. Yes, uh, Professor Paul. Make sure to take notes and give feedback. Uh, and send fan art. And send fan art, of course. I will accept all the fan art. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, also, we should bring up. Uh, we will be having. Well, we will be setting up a Patreon. Oh yeah. Now, uh, where uh, again, it's all very experimental. We're just trying things out. We're going to be sensing where things are. Uh, but uh, we'll be putting out different kind of rewards for extra content with us. Woo! So if you want to hear us talk more nonsense. Yes, uh, like. so we came up with ideas of uh, extra podcasts. Uh, so like once a month, you'd get a podcast of us just shooting the breeze, uh, not really having anything. Um dramatic readings i think mm, mm-hmm. us playing like monster prom or something drunk podcasts. drunk podcasts oh and then having opportunity to vote on uh yes what we do of... after when we after we yeah. do all the tolkien stuff mm-hmm. because we'll, we'll probably we're, we're content creators now that's what we do <laughs> um but uh like after we're done with the lord of the rings which will probably be in like a good year or two yeah uh when we finish that but afterwards like we'll want to continue kind of doing this kind of stuff and so like if you are a patron by that at time uh, you'll be able to vote on like what book series uh or movie series you want us to do next mm-hmm. um and yeah like you said before like uh like recorded reactions of us watching uh the different movies kind of like uh if any of you have listened to riff tracks or something like that uh it essentially would be you queue up the movie to be timed with us and you kind of get our Mm -hmm. reactions to things Um, some of the dumb ones like twilight and also some of the on brand ones like the animated hobbit and and the regular hobbits and yeah uh and maybe when uh when the new Rings of Power show comes oh, out, you yeah. might get some stuff from us then, too. Maybe we should have watch parties with everyone. <laughs> like our Patri- patrons. Oh, yeah, with the patrons? Yeah. Yeah. This is me assuming there will be patrons. <laughs> yeah. I mean, at the same time, though, I'd want to be kind of, like, in L.A. with you guys to do oh, the yeah. watch thing. I don't know. We'll figure that stuff out. We might just do, like, reviews we'll still have- of the watch parties show. anyway like even if it's not our first watch you know oh true that could work yeah. anyway uh thank you we got plans yeah we got plans <laughs> uh but yeah thank you everyone for tuning in to this first episode of season two 
Uh, the Silly Marillion continues. Paul, I um, can't believe we have a season two. I can't believe we have wow. a season two. Can you imagine? <laughs> Who would have thought we would have gotten this far? Um, Not I. But yeah. Uh, da da da. <laughs> oh, wait. <laughs> uh, special thanks to Jack Hook for our theme music, as always. And very special thanks to Roll for the new cover art. New cover that art. Is gonna be on here now uh hopefully hopefully it's by uh it's gonna it's so good wool does such great things we got little teasers and our stuff like it wasn't even full completion and not a screen um yeah (laughs) 